Welcome back to another episode of Murph Morale. I know it's been a hot minute, a good while. I appreciate you guys sticking with me. This is the first episode I've uploaded in a long time. School has been busy, of course, but I am sticking with it. So I would appreciate if you guys would bear with me as I, you know, try to crank out some future episodes. I appreciate all of you that are listening. Every time someone tells me, hey, listen to your episode, I thought it was really good stuff, that really, that lifts me up, really, truly. So, thank you guys for sticking with me. I know it's the first one in a long time. I'm going to try and get back into the swing of things. But I've got a good episode for you today, so I hope you enjoy it. We have all heard this phrase, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. And honestly, I, I hate I hate the phrase. Every time I hear it, I, it makes me want to kick a teddy bear or something. It's it's too simple. It doesn't capture the full picture of what it should mean in everyday life. On another note, I am a huge Lord of the Rings fan. Big time. Huge fan. Me and a really good buddy of mine, uh, we play this little kind of unspoken game between us about a certain quote from Lord of the Rings. And I know you've heard, I know you've seen it somewhere. I know it. There's a quote that Gandalf, the beloved wizard of Middle-earth, makes in the story. He says, Not all who wander are lost. And I know where you've seen this quote. You've seen it on coffee mugs. You've seen it on flowery phone wallpapers. You've seen it on Etsy t-shirts. And my all-time favorite, spare tire covers on the back of Jeep Wranglers. So whenever I see this quote out and about, in one of those situations, I will always send my buddy a picture of that quote that is so misconstrued out of context on some sort of flowery wall paper or on some mug in a flea market. And he always sends me pictures of those whenever he sees them out and about. But it makes me furious when I see it. It's just completely out of context. makes me mad. But the thing is about the quote that I said earlier, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger, is that it is still very true, despite how the quote is so simplistically applied in public. So today, I'm going to break down that idea a little bit, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. This idea that trauma, how terrible it is and can be, can actually be transformative for good if it doesn't break you down. And I want to talk about this in terms of a case study with you today. I'm going to talk about one man's life, a man that I personally admire, a man that is still doing incredible work today, a man by the name of Johnny Kim. So I'm going to go a little bit of a roundabout way of telling you this guy's story because it's kind of how I really found out about him. Johnny Kim is not as well known as he ought to be in my opinion, But let me read you this bio real quick. Here it is. Dr. Johnny Kim was selected by NASA to join the 2017 astronaut candidate class. He reported for duty on August 2017, and in April 2021, Kim was selected to serve as the International Space Station's increment lead for Expedition 65. Lieutenant Kim is a U.S. Navy SEAL and has completed more than 100 combat operations and is the recipient of the Silver Star and Bronze Star with Combat V. Kim was commissioned as a naval officer through an enlisted-to-officer program and earned his degree in mathematics 
at the University of San Diego and a doctorate of medicine at Harvard Medical School. That is straight from NASA's website. The guy, he graduated high school in California, joined the Navy, passed the very strenuous, very strenuous physical and mental demands to become a Navy SEAL, served our country in the Middle East on multiple combat operations, then he went to college, majored in math of all subjects, then was accepted to Harvard Medical School, he became an emergency physician, then he decided that wasn't enough, and became an astronaut. So, you know I read all of that, and I go, I am a freaking bum. This guy's lived more lives than anyone. He's not even 40 years old yet. Not even 40. But more impressive than his credentials is his story, and I will be the first to tell you that when I saw his achievements... I was 100% sure this guy's probably had a great childhood, had very supportive parents, very involved parents. Paths were probably made for him by other people, but that is not the case at all. Turns out that Johnny Kim had a very, very difficult and troubled childhood. I actually heard this from a Jocko Willink podcast. I'll place a link to the podcast in the show notes below, and I recommend that you listen to it because it will describe this story much better than how I'm going to tell it today. Not only has Dr. Kim accomplished more than anyone, the guy has been through more hardship than most, almost anyone I can think of. And all that happened before he went to war in the Middle East. And now I'm not going to go into all of his story, but I'm going to bring up some of these big moments. So listen in. Johnny Kim was born to Korean immigrants that were very demanding, but they were also loving. There was a lot of tension in the household. Johnny Kim's family had very difficult domestic issues. Physical fights between his parents broke out, and and Johnny would step in to defend his mother or his brother in those situations. His family grew up very poor. One night, his father had come home in a rage. A fight between him and his dad broke out, and his dad had a firearm. The police were called. His father ran. While the police were collecting statements... And while they were about to leave, Johnny went back toward his bedroom and noticed that things in his closet had been shuffled around, and he knew that the entrance into the attic was through his closet. He went back to the officers, told them that he believed that his father was still in the house. The officers found his father upstairs, and his father was killed in a shootout with the police that night. I mean, that is trauma. That is pain for anyone, let alone a kid. It's the kind of stuff that stays with you. Johnny had every bit of reason to fall apart in society, in my opinion. Every reason. To me, it would be completely understandable if he was not a successful or contributing member of our society. But we know how he turned out. We know the end of the story so far. Joined the Navy after high school. Went through the most hardcore military training on the planet. And I want to stop there. If you don't understand how difficult it is to complete the basic underwater demolition slash SEAL training, I have a video for you. There's a series that follows basically the whole training program with one class of candidates. 
It's a little dated, the video is, but go watch it if you want to see exactly how sucky the training is. I'll put the YouTube link in the show notes. So Johnny gets through that, then goes to fight in the Middle East. I mean, he's in the war. He's doing real operations. He's taking lives, saving lives. After that, he goes to college, then applies to medical school. Not only this, but in medical school, he has a wife and a child. He said on the Jocko Willing podcast that most days he woke up at 3.30 in the morning to work out and study before classes started for the day since, you know, his evenings he spent with his family. So he just stumbles upon Harvard Medical School, gets in, no big deal, no worries, then just tops it off with applying to the astronaut candidate program. If you want to hear the stats on this, in 2017, 12, 12 out of 18,300 applicants made it. That is less than 1%. And the thing is, you know, you can hear it in his voice that Johnny Kim is one of the absolute most humble and honorable human beings. Carries himself professionally, does the right things when no one is looking. So my question is, how is it that this dude can make it when he has gone through a certain definite kind of hell? The man, I believe, used the trauma that he had. You know, I've seen in the lives of people around me that trauma has a, it's got a way of just completely breaking people. I mean, everyone has seen that. Everyone has a relative or a friend or family member that knows that. Traumatic events, they make people fall apart. But in the cases where it doesn't break the person, I've seen that an individual can rise above and make something incredible out of their life. I know you guys have seen this too. There's some people in your life who you look at and you go, man, good for that guy because he made it out. He made it out of that life. He, he overcame it, his tough situations. And we all know that there's value in rising above adversity. Trauma seems to be kind of the extreme side of adversity. Hardship breeds success, in my opinion. And it seems that prosperity... Prosperity also breeds complacency. You and I have seen these people too. Their parents are very successful. They seem like they have everything. You grow up a bit and get older and you discover that the person is still living in their parents' shadow. They might still be staying at home. They might be living off the success of their ancestors, not really creating something for themselves. And I will be the first to say that I had an awesome childhood. My parents were great. They did not spoil me, but they gave me good gifts. They gave me a lot of opportunities. They exposed me to the world. One time, you know, I was going to this outdoor jazz concert in the summertime of Sioux Falls, South Dakota with my dad. And I will tell you right now, I am not a jazz fan at the time of this concert. There are a lot of things I could think to do that would be more exciting. But every time my dad would drag me to something new like this, he would say, quote, we're going to expand your horizons, end quote. And I heard that quote a lot because he took me to go do a lot of new things that I would not have chosen for myself. But it worked. Jazz Fest, as it was called, was great. It was awesome. And I had loads of new experiences like that. I never had any childhood trauma. I had challenges, but nothing to the extent that a lot of kids go through. So what do I do with this? 
I didn't grow up to become complacent. You know, I place a good amount of pride in my work ethic and my ability to delay gratification for a better future. I mean, I'm going to be in my early 30s before I have my actual job. And yeah, I had to overcome a little adversity, sure. But what does a kid do to be successful that has almost everything already going for them? And I think the answer in part is to find opportunities where you can flex that adversity muscle. You need to find ways to make life challenging. You need to set higher goals. There's a book out there. I don't know what it's called. My father mentioned it to me. But in the book, it describes how the founding fathers kind of set us up for failure whenever they talk about life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. This is a whole other can of worms I could open up on another show, but the idea that happiness is something we should be pursuing doesn't align with what my success has come from, if that makes sense. But flexing this adversity muscle. I'm not saying you need to you know, create traumatic moments in your life, but I think you need to leverage difficult situations to your benefit. If you're encountered with a situation where you know, you'll have to work harder to get a project done, or you could take on a meaningful project that would cause you to kind of juggle a lot of other things, take it every once in a while. Don't push that responsibility off to another person. Take the job, push through, and crush it. When someone asks if you can do something for them, and you could easily say no and find another person to do it or just shrug it off, you could just send a text, no worries, take the challenge, help them out. Take up the helm and do the thing. I place a lot of pride on myself to be available to friends and family that ask for my help for anything. It could be moving furniture. It could be help with money, paying something. No worries. I'm not good about it all the time, granted, you know. But I try my best to be available to those that ask me for something that I could reasonably do. There's a lot of situations like that where someone asks me to do a favor and I, you know, I could easily say I can't help because I got other things going on, but I try my best to help. To me, it shows yourself and it shows others that you can balance multiple things and that you're reliable. That is a trait that you can't coach reliability. I mean, it's so valuable today. Life doesn't bring you one task at a time. It's important to practice this when you're young. So you can imagine, medical school uh, takes up a lot of my time. There's a lot of things that you got to do that don't seem to contribute to your grade, but you have to do them nonetheless, and they're important. They are important skills to learn, even though they don't contribute to your grade. So we have these workshops, these seminars that teach us how to ask patients questions, perform patient interviews, perform physical exams. We're graded on a final simulation of these skills, but we're not graded on the actual workshops themselves. And they take up time. A lot of times we wish that we could kind of skip over them or speed them up because, I mean, you could always use more time to study for the test coming up. There's never enough time to study. And there's situations where I could kind of switch up the days around so I'd have a little more time or I could just suck it up and get to it. It may mean that I get home later or have to stay up later studying, but I look at that as an opportunity to stretch myself a little bit. It feels like, to me, it feels like putting coins in the bank. Every time I choose to take the slightly harder route, it gets me ready for the big hardship 
that may be coming. And there's a name for this kind of thing, it turns out. I took an introductory philosophy class in undergrad, and we talked about stoicism. Stoicism is super popular today. It's kind of like a fad diet. You know, people try it, they gobble it up, and then they quit it. And I would not call myself a stoic. I would not call myself a stoic. But like most things, there is something valuable out of this line of thought. They practice something called voluntary discomfort. And that's, you know, that's self-explanatory, right? It's the practice of making life slightly uncomfortable so that you can push past the discomfort and experience life in gratitude. And I would caution you against wholeheartedly following the complete stoic life. It's not a magic bullet cure-all to everything. But there's a little bit of truth you can take away from it. When you don't have comfort now, you appreciate comfort later. Don't put yourself in danger. Don't go pulling an Alex Honnold going up El Capitan. Hardship, however, can be the fuel to your success. The key is to find opportunities that make things a little harder for yourself. Push through. And then the key, this is the kicker, don't complain about it to anyone. Act like you've been there before. What doesn't kill you makes you stronger. Not all who wander are lost. And you know, I really think about this from the perspective as a parent, too. If all goes well in the next decade or so, my family and I, we should not have significant financial stress as long as we're smart, disciplined. So how do I push my children to create lives for themselves and not lean on the work of their parents perpetually? How can I find those challenges for them? One of the reasons that I believe I did well in undergraduate education is because I knew there was no one backing me up on the financial cost of it but myself. Sure, if I asked my parents to help me out, they would have helped me out, but I took that responsibility on my own. So do I pay for my children's college and risk them giving up because there's no consequence to quitting? How do I balance the desire to provide wholly for my children while ensuring that they are prepared for the world? Is it more dangerous to give them a perpetual safety net or to let them see what happens when you make mistakes? I ask these questions to myself every single day, and I don't know if I've said this on the show before, but my all-time, my all-time favorite quote is, experience isn't something you get until just after you needed it. And that quote is, it's tattoo-worthy. I want to be strong, and I want my kids to be strong. If there's a huge obstacle coming in my life, I want to be as ready as I can be for it. I don't want to be the person that tries to their best to squeeze out of something rather than tackling it head on if there's no better way through. Better to have strength and not need it than be without strength when you do. I don't know the answer to the parenting question regarding all of this yet, but I think it will come. So there's the homework I have for you. Do you find yourself complacent throughout the day? Do you spend all day on social media? Do you find that you're lazier than you used to be? Are you jealous that all the people around you are wildly successful making those big money moves and moving up in the world? Well, envy no more because with several small payments of willpower, perseverance, and a worthwhile attitude, you can move in the right direction. Do some harder things. 
go seek out some mild voluntary discomfort and reap the rewards. Go out and get some stuff done. I hope you guys liked today's episode. I know I've been away for far too long. First semester of medical school is over. We just finished up Christmas at the Murphy household, so I've got another week to relax before the grind gets going again, but the podcasts are still going to come. I had some lined up that kind of fell through. Well, I have one podcast lined up that fell through, but I've got plenty of ideas on the chopping block, so we're going to get to them. I still want to continue doing this. I really enjoy doing this, and I'm going to keep up with it. So remember, if you have any comments, any tips, if you have any suggestions, anything else for the podcast, be sure to contact me by the email that will be listed in the show notes below. Other than that, ladies and gentlemen, go and get after it, and I'll see you in the next one.